Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Suspense, the radio show that will keep you on the edge of your seat with its thrilling tales of mystery, suspense, and horror. Tonight's story is filled with twists and turns, unexpected revelations, and unforgettable characters that will haunt you long after this episode ends. So sit back, turn down the lights, and prepare to be transported to a world of fear and excitement as you listen to the Naples Players Radio Theater production of Catch Me If You Can. Let me tell you. Let me talk as long as I can. It's my last chance to explain about Phil and all the trouble I had afterwards. Phil got me into this mess the night he died. I sat near his bed, waiting for him to fall asleep, and he said... Margot, was there anything in that milk you gave me tonight? Why, of course, darling. Dr. Landers prescribed it. A sedative. Oh. You're a beautiful woman, Margot. Very beautiful. Yes. He was taking so long to fall asleep, and it was already three in the morning. I listened to the wind. Phil and I were all alone, stuck in that godforsaken mountain inn, ever since he fell ill just before Labor Day. There we were, 10,000 feet above sea level, not a soul for miles. The fall season was over, and all the other guests were gone, and even Joe, who owns the inn, had gone down to Leadville to get his winter supplies. I shivered, thinking of the dark, ragged, lonesome mountains outside, and Phil opened his eyes again. You're a good actress, Margot. Better off the stage than you were on, I expect. But I know you're fed up with our marriage. Have been ever since I became ill. I haven't complained, Phil. No, it wouldn't fit the part. But you feel trapped out here in Colorado, don't you? You'd rather be in New York. I wonder, Margot, those pills you put on my lunch tray last week, they weren't my regular vitamin pills. Maybe you want your freedom and my money enough to poison me. Don't be ridiculous, Phil. Well, anyway... I didn't take them. I hid them. With a note saying that you tried to give them to me. Then I called a friend of mine long distance. An old friend. Who? A detective named Rocky Rhodes. Rocky and I both stayed at this inn one summer. And what did you tell this Rocky? Never mind what I told him. Just remember he's due here tonight or in the morning. A detective? Phil, you're a fool. I want a divorce, Margot. You do? Yes, without any strings. Those pills are Exhibit A, if 
their poison. Blackmail? Phil, darling, if you want a divorce, you can have it without threatening me. You'll sign the papers tomorrow? Of course, darling. I only want to make you happy. But now go to sleep, Phil. You need a good rest. Go to sleep. I stroked his forehead and the sedative finally took effect. His breathing became heavy and even. I looked at him and thought he was smart not to take those pills, but not smart enough. He shouldn't have told me about that detective. He thought he was protecting himself, that I wouldn't dare do anything now. But he was wrong because I had to now. I couldn't afford to wait and lose everything when he divorced me. And besides, I'd find those pills and the letter before that detective got here. There was practically no risk the way I planned it this time. Outside, it had started to rain. A heavy downpour and the only other sound in the world was Phil's breathing. I picked up the extra pillow and put it down carefully, carefully over his face. He didn't move. I pressed the pillow down on the side so that no air could get in, no air at all, and held it there a long time. Once the pillow shook a little when Phil's head moved. Once there was a gurgling sound, that was all. When I lifted the pillow and put it back in its place, the job was done. Everything I ever wanted, money and freedom, was right in my hands. Phil was dead. Dead of a heart attack, Dr. Landers would say. Wait a minute. Unless someone found those pills with the note from Phil. Phil hadn't died of poison, so I was safe. But there would be questions. Questions I didn't want to have asked. I had to find those pills myself. I started to search. First the pillow under Phil's head. No, no. Then the nightstand beside his bed. The desk under the window. Where could he have hidden it? After all, the bell. Could it be Phil's detective already? Rocky? Rocky Rhodes? I'll have to be very careful. Just a minute. I'm coming. Just a minute. Yes? Well, don't stand there. It's raining in. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I'm lost. I'm looking for Pineview Lodge. You are lost. This is the fisherman's net. I know. I saw the sign. It's closed for the winter. Uh, could you put me up? The manager's away. There's only me and my husband. The luck of the Irish. I made a beautiful blonde and she's married every time. Uh, but you wouldn't turn me out in this storm. I'm soaking wet. I'm afraid. Oh, please, just tonight. In the morning, I'll get my bearings. Well, if it's only for one night. That's all. Thanks. What a vacation. Where are you from? Chicago. Newspaper man. My name's Mike Sheldon. How do you do, Mr. Sheldon? I'm Mrs. Weatherby. How do you do? Uh, where do I bunk? Upstairs? Yes. You can take the trout room. 
Every room is named for a different kind of fish. It's the second room on the right from the top of the stairs. Thanks. It's great of you to let me stay. Would you like some hot coffee? Fine. If it's no trouble. Not at all. I was going to make some for myself. I could use some, all right. No! No, wait! Not that room, no. What's wrong, Mrs. Weatherby? I said the second door on the right. The salmon room, not the trout room. I made a mistake. Oh, forgive me. But this is my husband's room, and he's not well. I was afraid you'd wake him up. That was bad. Very bad making a slip like that in front of Phil's detective, Rocky Rhodes. Because, of course, Mike Sheldon was Rocky Rhodes. Who else could he be? And I had to find those pills before he did and started making trouble. But before I could get back to the search, two more unexpected guests popped up at the fisherman's net. A small, dapper man with a black mustache and slicked back hair. But I'm Charlie Miller. I got a reservation here and I'm staying, sister. But the manager is away. He didn't mention any reservations. He must have forgot then. I made it by telephone from KC. That is, I mean, I asked a friend of mine to make it. A friend of his? Was that Phil? Was Charlie Miller Rocky Rhodes? <gasps> but he couldn't be a detective. He was too stupid. No, Mike Sheldon was Rocky Rhodes. There was a girl with Charlie Miller. I thought she was Mrs. Miller. No, I'm Susan Quinn. Mr. Miller and I met on the bus. And we were pals right off. I call her Susie Q. Get it? Yes. But the initials on your suitcase are S.R., Miss Quinn. (laughs) I borrowed my sister Sheila's suitcase. Sheila Riley. She's married. Sheila and I always borrow each other's things. Was it true? Or was her name Susan Rhodes, nicknamed Rocky Rhodes? Things were getting more complicated every minute. Two men had arrived, and Sheldon seemed the most like a detective. It was too late then for me to go on hunting for the pills. It was morning. In case questions were asked later, I had to be able to say I had done what a wife with a sick husband ought to do. I had to take Phil his breakfast on a tray. Well, Mrs. W, you're an early bird. Here, let me help you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Miller. This is my husband's breakfast. If you'll open the door. Sure thing. There you are. Thank you. Phil? Phil, dear? I brought you... (gasps) Something wrong, Mrs. W? My husband. He looks... He looks... Anything I can do? Say, he, he does look pretty green at that. Mr. Wetterby? Hey, Mr. Wetter... You better sit down, Mrs. Wetterby. It looks to me like your husband has passed away. Oh, no! Hina, <gasps> sit down. <laughs> Cry on Uncle Charlie's shoulder. It'll do you good. You're very kind. 
Good morning. Say, Sheldon, we got a little trouble here. Trouble? Mrs. Weatherby? Well, her husband's passed away in his sleep. I brought his like. breakfast and I thought he was asleep. And, will you somebody phone Phil's doctor? Dr. Landers in Salisbury Gap? Of course, but... Excuse me. I'm afraid I better go to my room. Mrs. Weatherby? Mrs. Weatherby. Oh, Miss Quinn. What happened? Have I been asleep? When you got to your room, you fainted. I still feel rather faint. I brought you some brandy. Could you drink a little? Not now, I couldn't. Where's Mr. Miller and Mr. Sheldon? They're moving your husband's body. No, they mustn't! Dr. Landers told Mike to on the phone. The rain turned to snow during the night and he won't be able to get here because of the storm. Not until the snowplow gets through. So he thought it best we put Mr. Weatherby... Not outdoors! No, there's a hillside cellar out back. Oh, yes. What else did Dr. Landers say about Phil? He said... It must have been a heart attack. And that you have nothing in the world with which to reproach yourself. He's sure you did everything you could. I kept up my act all that day and I didn't overplay it. I'm not the type for floods of tears, so I adopted a wan, gentle sadness, which made the others think me very brave. But all the time, there were two things on my mind, driving me crazy. Who was Rocky Rhodes, and where had Phil hidden the pills? And I couldn't hunt for them. Somebody was always in my room, fussing over me. Finally, in the late afternoon, I managed to get away. I just started to look through Phil's clothes when... Oh, here you are. I was looking for you. No snowplow will get through here today. I'll just have to put up with Charlie Miller's jokes another evening. Are his jokes that bad? Well, you heard him ragging Susan, calling her Susie Q. Oh, nicknames. Lots of people have the nickname habit. My husband had a friend named Rhodes. He nicknamed Rocky Rhodes. It's a change from Dusty Rhodes, at any rate. By the way, where are you from? Boston. Why do you ask? Oh, just idle curiosity. (laughs) You know what they say about curiosity. Would you excuse me, please? I was going over my husband's things. Go right ahead. I'll just keep you company. Are you looking for something? No, no. I want to pack so I can leave as soon as possible. I want to get back to New York. Don't blame you. Need any help? No, thank you. As a matter of fact, I'd... Would you mind? I'd rather be alone. Oh, no. It's not good for you to be alone. I'll just stay here and keep you company. Oh, for Pete's sake. Did you say something? 
No, oh, I... Here's a book of Oscar Wilde. Why don't I read to you while you work? Let me see. Say, did your husband own all those shoes? He did. Wealthy man, apparently. How nice for you. Now, how about some poetry? <sighs> well, let's try this one. The poor dead woman whom he loved and murdered in her bed. Shall I go on, Mrs. Weatherby? But I couldn't let Sheldon unnerve me. I had to keep cool. I went on packing and he went on reading. On and on endlessly about blood and prisons and hanging. While I tried not to miss anything of Phil's. I had to have those pills. But an hour later in my room, I knew I didn't have them. But Rocky Rhodes didn't have them either. Otherwise, he would have said something, and the pills didn't have to be in Phil's room. Which one was Rhodes, Miller or Sheldon? I would have to find out by elimination. After dinner that night, I went into the main parlor, and Charlie Miller grabbed me and danced me over to the fire. Here you are, Mrs. W. You sit here and have a highball. And have a nice cozy chat with old Charlie. You're so formal, Charlie. Call me Margo. Margo? Bet your mother called you Maggie and you thought up Margo to use on the stage. On the stage? How did you know I was an actress? This was the clue I'd been looking for. Oh, a guy with my experience can always tell. You can? Sure. And I know how you actresses operate. You all take different monikers. I bet you were great, baby. I wasn't very good. There's only one way Miller could have known about my being on the stage. From Phil. You weren't very good? I know different, baby. So what if you only played Tank Towns? I sure wish I'd seen you. You didn't miss much, really. <laughs> Tank Towns. That was Phil's story, all right. Miller was Rocky Rhodes, and he was just drunk enough to handle. Uh, how about you and me going up to my room where we can be alone? Oh, that wouldn't look right, Charlie. We could go out and sit in my car. It's in the garage. Got a heater? And a radio. The hotel's radio is broken. We can say that's why we're going, to listen to music. Wonderful. You're a wonderful little woman, Maggie, full of ideas. Not a bad little wagon, baby, but this front seat's full of steering wheel. Let's get him back. It doesn't heat as well in the back. How about a drink? You first. Okay. <laughs> right out of the bottle. Oh boy, this is what I call living. Music, plenty of bourbon, and a beautiful blonde. Never saw such a beautiful blonde. Gonna give Charlie a kiss? Hmm. Wow, 
sweeter than molasses. Getting warm enough now, baby. Plenty warm could could turn off that heater. I'm still a little cold, Charlie. Just stay close to me. In a minute, we'll turn it off. Then slowly he sagged against me, and his head fell on my shoulder. And when I pushed him away, he fell forward to the steering wheel. <gasps> I hope nobody heard that. I've got to get out of here before it gets me too. I kept on my feet, going around the car. I was dizzy and getting numb. Then a few feet from the garage door, I keeled over. For a minute or more, I couldn't move. Then I crawled toward the door. It took forever to get there. I opened the door somehow, pushed it shut, and half fell out and lay in the snow, breathing the clean air, thanking my lucky stars I'd been smart enough not to drink. That's why it got to Charlie sooner, because he was drunk. When I was able to stand, I looked at my watch and decided to wait 15 minutes. What a wonderful thing that carbon monoxide is. No smell, no nothing. It just creeps up on you. In 15 minutes, Charlie Miller, alias Rocky Rhodes, would be good and dead. He was dead, all right. They carried me into the house and gave me a drink and put me to bed. I went right to sleep, knowing Rocky Rhodes was dead. But when I woke up, I remembered the car keys. I had said Charlie started the car, but somebody might think to check the key for fingerprints and find mine. I put a fur coat on over my nightgown and ran all the way to the garage. I got in the car, reached for the keys, and they weren't there. Why? Why would anybody take my keys? And who would take them? Rocky Rhodes? No, he was dead. But was he? Had I killed the wrong man? I don't know how I ever got through breakfast. That's too bad about Charlie, Margot. Stop worrying about it. It wasn't your fault. You look tired. Want to take a walk? Get some fresh air? I don't feel up to it. I was planning to go up to that lookout cabin in the park. No, I'm too lazy for that. I meant a short walk. Is it a long climb, Mrs. Weatherby? Long and steep, believe me. I only made it up there once, but my husband used it there often. I guess a good climb will do me good. I think I'll try it alone. Goodbye. Be careful, Susan. I didn't even hear her leave. I was thinking about Phil's walks to the lookout cabin. There was where he'd hidden the pills. I knew it. I knew it in my bones. Why hadn't I thought of it before? Oh, I'd have to hurry. I couldn't let anyone find those pills except me. I managed to get away from the men and slipped out by the back door without being seen. A ladder goes up from the trail to the lookout door. The door of the cabin stood open. I climbed the ladder quietly and stepped in and saw Susan on the other side of the room near the door to the balcony. 
She was holding an envelope attached to a card, and she was reading the card. And suddenly, definitely, I knew. Miss Rocky Rhodes, I presume? Oh, you scared me, Mrs. Weatherby. I see you found what you were looking for. The pills my husband hid. You want to know if they're really poisonous? Uh, I read this card. Is it some kind of a joke? Oh, no. It's no joke. One of them would kill a man, but that's not what killed Phil. I smothered him with a pillow. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, You shouldn't be telling me this. Phil told me you were coming, but I was expecting a man. I never dreamed Rocky Rhodes was a woman. You've mistaken me for someone else. Really? Oh, come off it. You're already responsible for Charlie Miller's death, coming here under an assumed name. I killed him because I thought he was Rocky Rhodes. You killed? Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, you're ill, Mrs. Weatherby. You're imagining... Stay where you are. You think you'll get out of here alive? And I wouldn't go out that door if I were you. You'd step right off into blank space. But you can't do these things. They'll catch you. Who? How? Those pills are the only evidence against me, and I'll destroy them as soon as you're gone. Will you? Stop! Stay where you are! You fool! What good does that do, throwing them out? Watch where they fall! There, right on the path. They'll stay there until I go down. But you've played your last card. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let go, Mrs. Weatherby! Let go! You're going over the edge, Susie. You're going to be another tragic accident. Go with that table, you fool! <laughs> inch by inch, we're getting there. No, out on that porch! I'll pull you over with me! Will you? Will you really? Someone's coming. Someone's climbing the trail. It's Mike! You're crazy! Mike! Mike! Let go of the railing! Let go of... Stop it! (laughs) I remember falling. Falling. And then a sharp pain. Then I don't remember anymore until I woke up here in the snow unable to move, and found you bending over me. Who are you? Where did you come from? I just came up from the village, Mrs. Weatherby. We know the whole story. The whole story? No, just take it easy, Mrs. Weatherby. I know. You must be a doctor. But doctor, they'll never hang me. No, Mrs. Weatherby... They'll never hang you. You're dying now. No. No. I can't die. 
After all I've had to do to live? Where did Mike go? I'm right here, Mrs. Weatherby. Like a vulture waiting for me to die. Your rocky roads, aren't you, Mike? No, Mrs. Weatherby. You're lying. It has to be you. I killed Charlie, and he wasn't Rocky Rhodes, and Susan wasn't. You have to be. I... I have to know. I have to kill Rocky, or I've done it all for nothing. Rocky Rhodes mustn't find those poison pills. Your husband didn't die from poison, Mrs. Weatherby, so you would have been safe even if the pills were found. But Rocky Rhodes... None of those people was Rocky Rhodes. Your own guilt made you suspicious of everything they did. There must be a Rocky Rhodes. Phil said there was. There has to be a Rocky... Is she dead, Doctor? I'm afraid she is. There I was, being sorry for her. Her husband being dead. Just think, she killed her husband and one of us, and none of us would ever have known if she hadn't told Susan all about it in the cabin. It was good of you to get here so fast, Doctor. I'd have gotten here sooner if it hadn't been for the blizzard. And maybe none of this would have happened. By the way... I'm not a doctor, Mr. Sheldon. My name is Rhodes. Rocky Rhodes. This has been a Naples Players Radio Theater presentation. If you have enjoyed this production, please let others know. You can always follow us on Twitter... Facebook and LinkedIn. And don't forget, you can always see what's happening at the Naples Players by visiting our website, www.naplesplayers.org.